just um, for clarification, uh, for those that are joining online, we are not having online service tonight because we have a COVID outbreak. Uh, we have a gas shortage, and I didn't want to put any pressure on anybody trying to make an extra trip out or trying to find gas to get back home tonight. Um, hopefully that's going to be resolved in the next few days, and you won't have to worry about that, and uh, we'll be good for church on Sunday. But um, I just thought with this midweek service, it would, with this option where we could, could do live stream, that it would work out um, better and just keep everybody at home tonight, reserve that gas that you have, because there are some places to find it. It's, it's few and far between, so just want to make sure everybody's safe and not uh, breaking down the side of the road because they ran out of gas on their way home from church tonight. And uh, that would be, I, w- I would hate that terribly. So uh, thank you for joining with us tonight on live stream. And like I say, um, this is, I, ho- I was hoping I would never have to do this again, preach to an empty room. Almost there are a few people here tonight, but uh, this uh, will be all right. We'll get through this. And um, uh, tonight uh, we're going to just get right into the word and, and get to what we've got for you tonight. Uh, I, I, I kind of like this anyway. I mean, I love our music and doing all that stuff. But on Wednesday nights teaching, man, I just like to jump right in here sometimes and teach. So um, if, you, if you're at home, you're going to get your Bibles and follow along with us tonight. Uh, Exodus chapter 14 is where we will be. And so just uh, turn there, Exodus 14, going to start in verse 10 tonight. And uh, again, thank you for joining us online. And uh, after... Uh, our service tonight we we probably after we have finished our message and things like that there we actually have a couple of people going to be baptized in Jesus name tonight so uh, we're excited about that and uh, God's good all the time appreciate him so much uh, and for what he does for us but I want to this was this actually came to me a few days ago uh, and I was trying to just come up with something tonight with the teaching on the Lord kept reminding me, you know, I dropped this on you for a reason. So I said, yeah, I guess I better preach that then or teach on that. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10, we are at the point where Israel has already left uh, Egypt. They are now at the banks of the Red Sea and they have realized that Pharaoh is now behind them. And it says, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their, their eyes and Behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace I want to preach for a few minutes tonight on this. No retreat and no surrender. 
no retreat, no surrender. If you would just pray with us at your house, we're going to pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for giving us an opportunity, uh, even over this live stream, to hear your word tonight and be able to preach your word. Lord, we ask you would just bless our ears to hear it, let our hearts receive it. And God, we're going to give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And even if you're at home, won't you just clap your hands to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. God's good to us tonight. And I'm thankful that we can hear his word. And so uh, we have no place as God's people that we ever need to feel like we should retreat or surrender. And I know that in this story here, uh, to, to Israel, to their natural eye, to their carnal mind, to that way of thinking, it looked like the end was in sight. When they saw uh, that Pharaoh and his army, his chariots were coming down upon them, uh, they began to panic and began to question Moses and charge Moses. Why have you done this? Why did you bring us out? We told you, just leave us alone. We, you know, they're going back. Uh, to something that they said to him in Egypt at one point when uh, their uh, Pharaoh had made their task a lot harder on them when God was beginning to work on Pharaoh to deliver them. And so they were like, you're making things harder, you're making things worse. And they have forgotten all about the great deliverance that God gave them. And they're like, it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt, to be slaves in Egypt, to just die in Egypt than to come out here. They were assuming already that they were going to die. In this situation, after God has done miracle after miracle, has worked on their behalf, taken care of them, uh, gave them great deliverance, now at the very first sign of trouble, they forget all that God has done. They begin attacking the man, Moses, who had preached their deliverance. He led them out. Moses stood up against their taskmaster to proclaim liberty. He stood up against Pharaoh and said, God said, let my people go. And they forget this. They forget the miracles. They forget the deliverance. They forget the protection that God gave them uh, when he was bringing them out. They even forget how they spoiled the Egyptians and took all their riches with them when they went out. And to, to sum it up, they forgot that God is faithful. It doesn't matter what it looks like, what trouble we go through after we have been delivered from this world. God is still faithful. And he never said that we would come out of this world and never have bad days. He never said we wouldn't have a trial, that we wouldn't get a bad uh, doctor's report, that we wouldn't lose our job or our house burned down. He never said that we would not have tragedy in this life. But he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And, and now that uh, Israel has been delivered in their past uh, is what it was coming after them. Uh, e- Egypt represented their past. It represented what they had escaped from. And just because you can see what you escaped from does not mean you're going to be a prisoner again. It does not mean that it has the power to come back up on you and make you a slave again or to destroy you again or to even kill you uh, if it gets close to you. God is faithful and God will deliver. We don't have to retreat. We don't have to go back. We don't have to go running back in a time of trouble. And we don't have to surrender just because times have gotten hard. We need to remember that God is a faithful God. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7 and verse 8 and 9, uh, when uh, the Lord was talking and Moses was telling Israel why God did what he did, 
He says, but because the Lord loved you. Do you know God loves you tonight? Do you know that God gave his life for you? That he shed his blood for you? That he uh, has uh, filled you with the Holy Ghost, friend? He's prepared a place for you to be with him. God loves you. It says, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. And has the, this is why the Lord brought you out. He brought you out because he loves you. And when he makes a promise, he keeps it. He said he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. And this is the reason the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand. He redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he said, for this reason, you need to understand that the Lord, thy God, he is God. He is the faithful God that keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Friend, let me tell you, when you've got a God on your side, you've got somebody that's going to stick with you. He is faithful. And I know that we go through things in this life and it can be hard and it can be awful. And we can sometimes it's out of our own making. I understand that too. But let me tell you, God will not forsake you. He loves you and he has delivered you, pulled you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Some of you he has delivered from drugs or, or alcohol. Maybe he's delivered you from uh, pornography. I don't know what all he may have brought you out of. But if he brought you out, he intends on you staying out. He inst- intends on you being okay. He intends on you being victorious. And just because it tries to sneak back up on you, that does not mean you've got to retreat or surrender. You can just trust God. We've got to get back to where we trust God, where we know that God is my God. He said, know that the Lord, your God, he's God. He's not the government. He's not your best friend. He's he's not a lawyer. He's not a banker. He's not a teacher. He's God Almighty, the Creator, the, the Blessed One. He's the Holy One. He's the one that's coming back to get you someday, friend. He's God. There's nothing over Him, above Him, more powerful than Him. He is your God, and He is a faithful God. He's not hit and miss. He doesn't just show up every once in a while. Friend, He's always, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. God is always watching and listening to His people. And when He cries, you know, it says that Israel, as soon as they saw Pharaoh, before they attacked Moses, it said they cried to God. Well, God heard that. And when we pray and talk to God and cry out to God, then trust God. Believe that he's going to do something. We cannot give up just because all we see is a problem and not a solution. All Israel could see was a problem. But hey, the problem was this, is that they forgot about their solution. Oh, they saw the problem, but they just didn't see a solution. But you know what? You never see the solution because our solution is God. And no man has seen God at any time. The Bible says God is invisible. You've got to just have faith that God will come, come through. God won't leave you uh, to die at the hand of an enemy he just delivered you from. He did not call them out so they could be target practice for Pharaoh. He did not call them out so they could be trampled or brought back or drug back into slavery. He brought them out so he could bring them to. He wanted to bring them to the promised land. He didn't want to leave them as slaves in Egypt. And friend, he don't want to leave you in your sin. And he don't want to leave you in your problem. But friend, you are going to have to trust him. Maybe you don't see a way right now. But God is faithful who has promised. Listen, if, hey, look, sometimes it gets like that. Things are going on in our life and all we can see is what's wrong. 
and I can't see a solution. That does not mean that there is not a solution there. You know, hey, if we faint now, when we're just in the middle of a trial of our faith, how will we stand when real persecution starts? Hey, I watch people walk away from God just because they didn't get a job. I've watched people walk away from God because they flunked out in school. I've watched people walk away from God because he didn't send the boy or the girl that they needed or that they thought they needed. And, he, and they just turned it back on God just because they did. he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer it. And so they walk away. Man, if you're going to walk away from God over that, how will you stand when it really gets hot, when they really start persecuting the church, when they really come against you for loving the Lord and trying to serve him? How will you stand when real persecution starts? We've got to trust the Lord. No, I don't see an answer right now, but I don't have to see the answer. I know the answer's there. I know that God's there. Peter wrote to the church uh, on this uh, kind of way, his, his first letter to the church. He says that, to, that we have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and it doesn't fade away. It's reserved for us in heaven. He said we are kept by the power of God. This is 1 Peter 1 and 5. We are kept... We are kept. Come on, somebody. you got to hear me. You feel like you're going under. You feel like uh, you're going to lose out. But the Scripture said we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God will not always show you how he's going to deliver you. He will not always show you the answer. You've got to just believe that God will come through. He says, wherein? For this reason you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Sometimes what you're going through needs to be. That's just it. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't want to go through that. But it needs to happen. There's something that has to get you ready for what's coming. There's something that has to get you ready. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, uh, in this world, uh, we, we have people who join the military and they go into basic training. And the whole goal of basic training is to strip you down from the way you grew up and so they can mold you and shape you into the soldier they want you to be. They want you to follow their orders without question. They want you to be able to stand beside your brothers in arms and defend them and fight for them and not run. They want you to do the job so you'll win the war. And, friend, they will run you and, and holler at you and make you feel low and, and just tear you down so they can build you back up. Well, sometimes what we're going through is so we can be good soldiers in the army of the Lord. He wants us to be able, be able in this last day to endure hardness as a good soldier. So whatever you're going through today, God knows it, God sees it, and God probably ordained it so that you could be better than you are or have been. But if you know you've got him on your side, you know that an answer is going to come. Israel, oh, that's it. We should have just stayed in Egypt. We told you, leave us alone, Moses. We should have left us now. We're going to die out here. All they can see is death. All they can see is going to be over. Hey, did you forget that God did miracle after miracle after miracle? Did you forget the water turning into blood, the frogs and the flowers? Did you forget how God killed all the firstborn of Egypt but spared you and saved you alive? Did you forget that? Did you forget how he brought you out and on the way out you were taking gold and jewels and, and all these things, food and clothing, all this stuff. You were just spoiling the Egyptians as you went out. 
Did you forget the mighty hand that God brought you out with just because you can see the dust of Pharaoh's chariots? Now you're ready to run back to where you came from? Come on, man. We've got to keep going for the Lord. We've got to keep uh, trusting in Him. He said, you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if it needs to be this way, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Hey, fire's hot. Fire hurts. Fire can burn. Fire can really mess you up. And so sometimes this trial, this fiery trial is tough, but it might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. At the appearing. Because you don't see him yet, but he's coming. They didn't see deliverance yet. Israel didn't see it. All they could see was the problem, but it was coming. It was going to happen. He said, when he shows up and when he comes through, friend, you're going to know it was the hand of God. He said, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you don't see him right now, you believe. Friend, I have not seen the Lord, but I've seen what he can do. And sometimes in the middle of my trial, the trial of my faith, I have to remember that I love him. And I got to remember that even though I haven't seen him, I believe in him. And I just start rejoicing with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Let me tell you, you've got to hang on so you can see the salvation. And that's what Moses told them when they were crying and complaining and, and whining and carrying on. Oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? They're attacking him. You should have left us alone. You brought us out here to die because there weren't enough graves uh, in Egypt. You want us to dig our graves out here? Just wearing him out. And he said, would you just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? Just because you don't see the solution does not mean that there isn't one. And if you believe God, you have to believe that there is one. And just because you don't see the solution, it does not mean you won't see the solution. God rarely shows us how he is going to do it. Moses did not know that he was going to open the Red Sea. He didn't uh, lay that out as they were leaving Egypt. By the way, when we get to the banks of the Red Sea, God will split that and we'll go on through. Don't worry about it. He did not let him know that Pharaoh would even pursue him. But when it happened, uh, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, these Egyptians that you see today, you're not going to see them anymore ever again. God is going to take care of it. God will rarely show you and I the solution, the answer. He, only, he, he gives us enough to get through where we are right then and right there. He wants us to trust him. You know, when they were in the, in the ship and all they could see was the water coming in the boat, they was like, ah, oh, don't you care that we perish? All they could see was the boat filling up and forgot that Jesus was in there with them. <laughs> Do you think Jesus was going to drown? You think he was going to uh, let that boat go under while he's in it? Friend, he's with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But you've got to trust me. I'm not going to always be standing right where you can just feel my hand on your shoulder. You've got to trust that I'm there. If you can't see uh, where I'm at, then be like Job and say, this is what I do know. That even if I can't perceive him, I do know that God knows the way that I take. And that's what Israel should have known is that I can't see a way out of here, but God brought us out. 
and God sees what's about to happen, so we know that he's going to come through. But instead, they said, let's just go back. Let's just give up. Let's retreat. Let's surrender. And Moses had to tell them, said, no, sir, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We must trust that God will do it even if he does not show us how or when he will do it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and 14 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Oh man, if I could just drill that home, if I can just keep drilling that home, but God is faithful. You, you, you Man, God is faithful. Just say it to yourself right now at home while, while you know, I don't know what you're going through, but you know what you're going through. Whatever is trying to sneak up on you, whatever is trying to come back and, and conquer you, whatever it is that's trying to tear you down or, or rip you up, friend, whatever it is, just whisper it now. God is faithful. And there's no temptation that's taken us, but such is common to man. It, hey, you're not going through anything that somebody else hasn't already been there, done that, got the T-shirt, overcome it. They've already done it. And so, But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. In the Message Bible, that, that line says, uh, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. I love that interpretation of that. I'm a King James Version man, sure. But sometimes I'll I'll look through these other versions just to see how it says it. And in the message it says, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Sometimes you need to be reminded that God won't let you down. He says, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, sometimes we think, because it says, and will but will with the temptation. He's going to do something along with that. Sometimes we think we're just supposed to suffer and God's just going to sit there and hold our hand while we suffer and it'll never change. That's not what he said. He said, and with this temptation, I'll make a way to escape it. You're not going to be there forever. Do you hear what the word just said? You're not going to be there forever. He said, I will make a way to escape. Hey, Israel, quit freaking out. I'm going to make a way to escape so you'll be able to bear it. I'm about to come through, but but before I can even act, you're you're throwing in the towel. Before I can come through, before I can work a miracle, you're giving up already. He said, so if you'll just trust me, remember, I won't let you down, but I will make a way to escape so you can bear it. You can get out. I'll make a way out. And I've never, I've always preached that one verse and preached so much from it. But today while I was studying, I just dropped down to verse 14 right after that. And it says, wherefore, or for this reason, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. So those two scriptures are tied together. And he's telling us in verse 13, listen, what you're going through ain't nothing new. But you got a faithful God. He's going to be there. He won't allow it to be more than you can stand, but he will make a way to escape. And he said, so since you know you've got a God, since you know you have a deliverer, flee from idolatry. And I was like, what does that mean? And I said, well, it could mean for people that 
uh, or trying to search other gods. You know, idolatry is idol worship. Uh, God has many times mentioned Israel's idol worship, how that, that people would take wood or gold or silver and they'd carve it and mold it and shape it and make them a god and, and call it this and say this is the god of harvest, this is the god of the sun, this is you know, whatever it was, and it was idolatry. And they formed it for what they wanted it to be. They, it's like they're controlling what their idol is. So they, hey, I want a God of the harvest. So here we go. Let's make one. And they put it out. I want a, I want a God of, you know, fertility. So they carve one and they set it out. And they, 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 they say, now, you do what I want you to do. And that's the way we do with God. And I think that's what Paul was writing. He's like, listen, you have a God that's going to be faithful and take care of you and deliver you. So you get this idea of treating God like an idol out of your head because you didn't make God. And you don't get to just pick God up and move him and set him wherever you want to. You didn't carve him out and form him, and now you get to tell him, here's what I want you to do. You've got to trust God. God is not an idol. We do not worship an idol. We are not in idolatry. No, sir. And so we need to, and he said, if you get around people that treat God like that, then flee from them. And then yourself, flee from that kind of ideology. We do not force the hand of God. We cannot say, God, you love me, so you've got to do this. No, sir. We trust God, and we serve God, and God is faithful to us. The Bible says we have committed the keeping of our souls unto him as unto a faithful creator. I gave myself to God, and I trust him to keep me. The, uh, Paul wrote, or one wrote, writer in the New Testament wrote, that being confident of this very thing, that he which began a work in you will perform it, or he will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God started it, he will finish it. And listen, long before he ever brought Israel out of Egypt, he promised them that he would. He gave the promise to Abraham when he brought him out of that land, when he called to him and Abraham by faith just went out not knowing where he was going, but God talked to him and let him know, I've got a place that I eventually will have my people. There will be a promised land, and it will be this land, and, and I'm going to fight for them, and I'm going to take care of them. He let Israel have the promise long before they even became captive in Egypt that there was somewhere else, that Egypt was simply a stopping place. And long before he brought them out, he, he made this promise. And the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. And that's what we just read. And it said our God is the faithful God, and, and he, he keeps that covenant. And, and, and he, he brought them out because he had sworn an oath. And God is not going to go back on his word. So he promised that, and, and then he brought them out just as he said he would. And then at the very first sign of trouble, they forget all that God had done. He brought them out. I said it earlier. He brought them out to bring them in. They were not there yet. You're not in the promised land yet. How do you think you're going to die? Do you still see a land of milk and honey yet? Have you crossed into the promised land yet? How in the world do you think God is going to back up on his word and not protect you? And that's what today, so many things happen. God is uh, 
you know, the Bible says we have received that promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that we have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit itself bears witness that we are the sons and daughters of God. John wrote again in another place, uh, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But that doesn't change who we are. We may not see an answer all the way clearly yet, but that doesn't change who we are. But now, because uh, my prayer hasn't been answered, I start reminiscing about where I came from. Shame on us for not having faith in God. We need to trust God and believe God. And, and I, know, I'm, I know it gets tough, but sometimes we need to be shook and reminded, hey. And that's what uh, Moses did. He said, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Quit thinking about Egypt. Quit worrying about going back. Quit worrying about what they might do. And trust the God that brought you out. He brought them out. And he did the same for us. And just like he didn't abandon them, he will not abandon us at the first sign of trouble. But that deliverance didn't happen all at once. First, after while they're complaining and crying and freaking out and getting mad and, and, and wanting to hurt Moses because of it. Moses has to preach a little bit, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. God's about to get rid of your enemies. And you're not going to have to fight or do anything, but you're going to hold your peace. Stop letting faithless words shoot out of your mouth. Stop saying things that are not right or ungodly just because trouble comes. It didn't happen all at once. First thing God did was he, he took that cloud that had been leading them and he moved it behind them. And it became a barrier between their enemy and them. It made Egypt, uh, Pharaoh's army, all they could see was darkness, but all God's people could see was light. And then he didn't just do that. Then he brought a strong wind that would divide the sea and roll it back. But that didn't happen in a snap. It said it took all night for that wind to blow so that the ground would be dry when they got ready to walk across it. And then when that was over in that next morning, then they moved through the midst of the sea. It didn't happen at once, but God did it. God, the faithful God, our God. God is as good as his word. Because he is his word. He is the word. And so uh, we can trust God. Whatever you're facing, just because you don't see the solution yet, that doesn't mean there isn't a solution. And I'm sorry that if God doesn't do it on our timetable, but he's God. And if, and if he knows we need to sit in the oven and bake a little longer, then he's going to leave you in there. You know, you, you don't, you, if, you, if you are a chef, you know you don't pull out uh, that cake too early or it won't be good. But neither do you leave it in there too long. God knows exactly what he's doing. And whenever you need to be pulled out, he's going to pull you out. And he knew that Israel needed to see something else. So instead of just sending boulders out of the sky to smash Pharaoh into the ground, he said, I'm going to let them get real close. I'm going to let them get close enough so you can hear them horses and and hear those chariots rolling and and hear the voices of your enemy. And then he put a cloud behind them separated them and then they're like what okay but we still can't go anywhere well just hang on just wait a second wait on the lord 
He's faithful. He'll come through. Trust him. Even no matter how hard it gets, trust him. The Bible says for us to endure hardness as a good soldier. It tells me in another place in uh, Galatians that I should not get weary in well-doing because I will reap if I do not faint. I've got to trust that God is going to come through. There's a, a, a woman, a famous a figure in history, her family, uh, they helped to hide uh, and, and, and help uh, Jewish people escape uh, in the days of, of the war when uh, they were putting all the Jews in prison camps. And, and uh, her name was Corey Ten Boom. And if you've never re- uh, read any of her writings, uh, it, it's really great and interesting stuff and, and full, just full of faith, just full of faith. But she made a, a quote, a statement here, and I, I read this somewhere today. I said, this will just fit real nice. But it says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. And so, you know, and we're like, well, of course, I'm not going to jump off a moving train. Then why would you step off the path that God has ordained? God orders our steps in his word. God is leading us and guiding us and directing us. And and so why just because it gets a little dark would I turn to the left or the right or turn back or or retreat or surrender or give up just because I got a little bump in the road. God will help you endure the bump in the road. But Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways. which And that means in everything that you do. And it can mean in wherever you go. Even if those ways lead you to the Red Sea. To a wall of Jericho. To a fiery furnace. Or to a den of lions. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Hello. If your ways lead you to the doctor's office, trust in the Lord. If it leads you to the poorhouse, trust in the Lord. If it leads you to the unemployment line, trust in the Lord. If it leaves you broke down on the side of the road, then trust in the Lord. If it leaves you with your house in ashes, trust in the Lord. Whatever happens, remember that God is faithful and God's there. Trust in Him. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Just acknowledge him. You know, that's what God was. I guess Israel thinks they got out on their own. And now they're standing here at the Red Sea. They're freaking out like this is all on them. I brought them out. And if they would just acknowledge that I'm their deliverer, oh, what they would see. And so they needed somebody. They needed Moses, the man they were uh, throwing uh, off on and, and mad at him now. He, oh, they were celebrating when they was picking up all those jewels and clothing and food and all that stuff. They was leaving Egypt, and Egypt was just piling it on. So get out of here, go. And they were like, man, we are spoiling the Egyptians. We, we have just whooped them, and we're going out. And way to go, Moses, way to go, Moses. And then, Moses, what have you done? I had done anything but told you to trust God. And so he told them again, believe God, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Because you, you can be like Israel. You can complain, fuss and fight and carry on. 
try to blame everything on somebody else. And you do that, you can surrender. You can dwell in the memories of your past life. Or you can trust God and see the miraculous. And that's all Moses was trying to tell them. Listen, I know you were slaves for over 400 years. I know it. I know that it was hard. I know that they whipped you and beat you and made you do things. And, and then when I showed up and started preaching, it made it harder. Sometimes it seems like when we take off for the Lord, things get harder. It's because the world don't want to let you go. They want to keep you working for The world wants to keep you working for it. But God said, I want my people to go and come out and worship me and serve me and be holy because I'm holy. I want them to be different. And so we can complain and surrender and retreat and give up, or we can trust God and see the miraculous. We can believe that God will come through. In Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm getting ready to, to end, I think, not much longer here. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11, it says that, and this is someone who trusted God to see the miraculous. It says, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She knew the limitations of her life. All she could see was her aged body. She knew that her husband was older than her. She knew just naturally in her mind that people our age do not have, this is not when you start families. And he said she was past age. But see, that's in human mind. And that's in human years. And that's in human limitations. But there is no past age when it comes to God. Hello. God didn't look down and say, mm, nope, a little too old. Nope, can't do it. I want to find somebody else, Abraham. Sorry. No, he didn't, it didn't bother him. He said, I want Abraham, I want Sarah, and I don't care how old you are. I'm going to give you that child. And she laughed about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Why'd you laugh? I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did laugh. But is anything too hard for the Lord? And so, through faith, she received strength. She got something she didn't have so this could happen because she judged him faithful who had promised. When we will just trust God, he'll give us things that we don't already have to make it possible. God will make sure you are supplied with what you need to see the miracle. And so, since she judged him faithful, therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. Talking about Abraham. And so many as the stars of the sky multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, it was innumerable. But then this statement, these all died in faith. This, this chapter is full of people uh, starting with Abel and then Enoch and then Noah and then Abraham and then Sarah. It said these all died in faith. They died in faith. That means with their last breath, they held on to their faith in God. It says they died in faith. Listen to this. Not having received the promises, 
but had seen them far off and they were persuaded by what they saw and they embraced them, which means they saluted them or welcomed them. And then they, they made the statement, hey, we're just strangers and pilgrims on this earth. This is not our home. And we may not receive the promise. We may only see. Some people are like, that's so frustrating to only see. But let me tell you, when God lets you see something, it's enough. And when God lets you see that he's faithful and that he's got something for you, that's why Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. He said, you believe in God, believe in me. I've gone away to prepare. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Well, they can't see it yet. They don't know what it's going to be like, but they believed it. They believed it, and it gave them faith to hang on, and they, they trusted him. And he said, look, if you believe in God, believe in me. If, if it wasn't so, I would have told you, but I'm going, so where I am, you can be also. And if I do that, I will come back and receive you unto myself. It's, it's going to happen. And so they lived their life persuaded that what Jesus said would come to pass, just like Abraham and, and Sarah were persuaded that what God had promised, it would come to pass. And they died in faith. It's like Paul said, I've fought a good fight, finished my course, I have kept the faith. He knew he was about to die. He said, when I die, I will be holding on to my faith. I don't want to let go of what got me here. I'm just passing through in this world. And verse 14 says, these kind of people say plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been, listen, this sounds so much like Israel right here. If they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, a heavenly country, where God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Now let me read that same passage in the Message Bible. Because it just it sounds so good. And actually, I'm going to back up just a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. In chapter 10, we're going to read something. We're going to back up a chapter and read in chapter 10 and verse 32 through 39. But listen, no matter what you feel crashing down on you or coming up behind you or trying to take you over, remember God won't let you down. Don't bail out before he has a chance to work. Trust him. Just think about what Israel would have missed if they had ran back to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh wasn't going to take anybody back with him. They came to kill Israel. It wasn't going to be, okay, I forgive you, come on back and get back to work. They were going to kill Israel because of how God had just demolished uh, Egypt. He had just taken all their firstborn. He had really put a hurting on them. So they wanted revenge. They wanted uh, to hurt Israel, destroy Israel, so they would never have to worry about Israel again. I'm telling you, you can't go back to what enslaved you. It'll kill you. It don't just want you back. This time, it'll, it'll, it'll try to kill you so you can't ever get back to God. You don't want to go back. Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 32 through 39, it says this. Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Man, those were hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse, 
Some days it was you. Other days it was your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing that they could not touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. Now, if you don't recognize that, I'll step back and read it in the King James for those that uh, didn't understand what I just read. (laughs) Hebrews 10 and 35 says, Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense and reward. We have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. He's coming, and he won't tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That's what we believe. Keep your confidence in God. Trust him. Believe in him. Serve him. Live for him and have patience. He said, you have need of patience. And this is a promise. After you've done the will, you will receive the promise. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be delivered that instant. That doesn't mean it, it might be a week, it might be a month, it might be a year. Whatever God decides, decides that's on him, and you've just got to trust him. You can say, well, I, I'd rather, I, I won't get my stuff quick. Well, that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. It wasn't quick for Moses. Uh, uh, you know how long he was in the wilderness before he went back to Egypt? Forty years keeping sheep in the wilderness before he went back to get God's people out. But it was that, if he had not had those 40 years, he would not be the Moses we know. Forty years of shepherding taught him how to be that deliverer. This, uh, 120 years of building the ark, or, or actually about, it was 120 years of man's time left, but it's probably about 75 to 80 years of building the ark. Noah doesn't hear another word from God after he gives him the, the plans. But 75 years of working has kept him faithful, kept him and made him who he was, and that's why he's written down in Hebrews 11 because he was faithful to God. Those years that he put in made him who he was. The reason that David was ever able to defeat Goliath was because God sent a lion and a bear. He trained him with danger. He trained him with things that could kill him and destroy him, uh, devour him. The Bible says we have an enemy, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And and sometimes uh, we'll be in the same arena with that lion. But God will deliver us from that lion. Daniel had to spend time in a den of lions, a night in a den of lions, yet God delivered him. 
And the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego spent time in a fiery furnace, but God delivered them and promoted them. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep believing. And that's uh, what I love about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego is that they said, we're not even careful. You can threaten us with the fiery furnace, but we're not even careful uh, with our answer here. We're not trying, we're not worried if this will heat things up or make it worse. It doesn't matter because we know God's going to come through. God's going to deliver. And so God will come. Your answer will come. Your deliverer will come. We just got to keep on believing. Keep believing to the saving of the soul. So just keep going. Keep believing. No retreat. No surrender. We've got to we've just got to keep serving God. And so if you find yourself at the banks of the Red Sea or up against the walls of Jericho or wherever it is, however you want to describe it, and all you can see is your problem, that's okay. All Job could see was his loss. He said, I can't see God in front of me, behind me, on the left or on the right. But the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, but I do know this one thing, that God knows the way I take and when he has tried me, I shall be as gold. So whatever God's bringing you through is for a reason. It's ordained by him every time, every season, the length of it, whatever it is. God is the one doing it. So don't give up. Don't surrender. And, hey, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Keep trusting God. If he brought you out, he's going to bring you all the way home. Hey, thank you for being online with us tonight. And, uh, you know, uh, hope this gas shortage thing gets straightened out and everybody will be ready to go uh, on Sunday and be at church. So uh, until then, if you need anything, contact us. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon in Jesus' name.